Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, folks. Troy Dooley, the host of the Beachside CEO. You are listening to us around the globe on the Home Business Radio Network, or you're listening to us over at the Blog Talk Radio. Maybe you downloaded us in iTunes or one of those things. But I tell you, it is just a great time to be alive. The summer season ended yesterday with Labor Day, and now we are going into one of the most um, profitable, one of the most exciting times of the year in the home business arena. It doesn't matter if you're network marketing, franchising, whether you're just selling something from your home, party plan, doesn't matter. When you look at the historical data, the last quarter and a half, really, quarter, you know, right here at the end, you start to see this, this September, October, November, December, this four-month period is one of the growing, most exciting times because you hit all of the, all of the passionate things in a person's life. You hit the school. Everybody's going back to school. Kids are excited. Parents are excited. You go into the, to the adrenaline of the end-of-the-year numbers. What can we do? You go into the holiday season. But here's the question, and this is what I always find interesting is I'm sipping a cup of coffee or tea and talking to people in sales. You know, I say, hey, how is it for you? See, it's kind of like politics. You know, you hear people all the time touting, oh, well, we've got, we've got only 0% unemployment. Well, that's true unless that one person's unemployed, and then it's 100%. So for some people, this time is a growing time. For others, it's not. And I've heard people say, Troy, I just can't make it. I don't know how to do it. You know, people don't want to talk to me. Ken Dunn covers this in Chapter 10 of his book, Being the Change, Inspired to Win in Network Marketing. And in Chapter 10, he talks about create a gravitational pull. Dale Carnegie called it how to win friends and influence people. John Maxwell says, Conscious of the power of connection, the best leader takes responsibility for relating with others on a regular basis. There's a book that John wrote. I think it's called uh, Most People Communicate, Very Few Connect, or something along that line. See, connecting with others is what's important. Gravitational pull has the biggest impact on turning your life around. It changed Ken's life. Ken was a cop, not just a cop, an undercover cop. He was cynical about everybody and anybody. Except for his beautiful wife and his kids, he didn't trust a doggone soul, I don't think. But what happened was, over time, creating his skills, changing his mindset, looking at where he was going and what he was doing, he was able to really make something happen. He says this. He says, I put together some simple techniques that if you practice them will make your gravitational pull go through the roof. I just love this. I think this is the rockinest thing. He says, if more people like you, then they'll start to trust you more and your prospecting ability will hit the stratosphere. And then it go and then and and when it does, your ability to prospect will become second nature and hugely successful. See, that's big. When you actually think about that, that's gigantic. 
So what is gravitational pull? Is it the ability to the attention of another person? I mean, that, that in and of itself is a huge deal. And that's something that's amazing to me. And when, we, when we're able... I mean, think about this for a minute. Have you ever walked through a crowd and, and people look at you and they, they, just, they have something that they want to say? You can tell that, that they either you remind them of somebody else or, or they, that you look familiar. Or how many times have you walked through a crowd and you think, man, I just want to, I want to know that person? That's gravitational pull. Ken says it this way. Gravitational pull is the ability to capture the attention of another person. It's the natural, or practiced in his case, ability to grab another person's interest. This is highlighted in his book. He says, gravitational pull is that almost magical attraction someone seems to have when they walk into the room. All eyes turn towards them. That's huge. We're not talking about just physical beauty here. We're talking about a charisma. You can see this a lot when you're in a shopping mall. I think it's the greatest thing. Matter of fact, I had a mentor of mine, Hubert Humphrey, taught me this. It was back in the 80s. He went to Denver to open up a new office for A.L. Williams. And all he would do would go into barber shops and go into stores. And he's a pretty tall old booger. But he had a way about him that would just draw people to him. He would do things out of the box, but when he talked, people wanted to listen. He grew three gigantic businesses and did well. See, this is what changes people. And you might... You know what? I just got to... I'm going to go outside of Ken's book for a minute because I think this is important. People get into a business. They have a passion... They want something better for their life. And maybe you just don't like people. Maybe because of the business you're in, you just think people suck. So here you are trying to be in the same place, and it just doesn't happen that way. And you think, what in the Sam Hill is going on? It's because you created that gravitational pull. In some cases, based on your personality and attitude... You may have a gravitational expulsion. People may run from you when you walk into the room because your attitude sucks or your demeanor total sucks or you stink. I mean, it could be a variety of things. Ken says, John F. Kennedy had a strong gravitational pull. He, he was the epitome of charisma. He knew how to protect himself or how to project himself into the hearts of the American people. Gandhi possessed this quality as well. All of the inspirational leaders, and when we look at it, you got Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, Mother Teresa. These are people that could project themselves. They had that gravitational pull. They understand it. Ken is like me, constantly reads. He read a book by a guy that just lives a few blocks from him, called How to Make People Like You in 90 Seconds or Less. He picked it up when he was on his way to Hong Kong. He was going to Hong Kong, had to, had to go. He, he loves Asia. He was over in Asia. He was doing his thing, and he got on a plane. Ken always flies first class, not because he's some pompous person, but because when he's traveling, he wants plenty of room. 
He wants to be able to relax. He wants to be ready. And it's like 15 hours when you go over there. So he's he's constantly focused on where he's going. In this particular trip, his seat was broke. His entertainment center wasn't working right. It really sucked for him. And he said, you know, I pulled that book out. And literally he read it three or four times while on that trip. See, that is the craziest thing. That is the that is the wild craziest thing. That when I when I think about it I think about what it would what it would be like. How much how much time do we have? Connect with people. How much, and, and this is what gets me, and this is why I slowed down on this, because I, I want to ponder this for a second. How much time do you waste? Ken Dunn's getting on a plane. He's in first class. He's in a seat that usually reclines. He can put a canopy over it. Everybody leaves him alone. But in this case, the seat doesn't work. The entertainment center doesn't work. He has 15 hours on a plane and he just happened to go by the store, pick up a book that he was going to read on how to make people like you in 90 seconds or less. I don't believe in happen chance. I believe that at that moment in time, Ken was at the right place with the right mental focus, with the right book, and for 15 hours read a book by Nicholas Bothman, who revealed the secret on how to get people to like you in a minute and a half or less. He says, I read the book four times on the way to Hong Kong. It's approximately 185 pages. Over the next three weeks, I traveled Asia. I was on 14 different planes, and on each flight, I just kept reading the book over and over. When I got back to my offices, I told my assistant, Wendy, find out where this guy lives. I don't care where it's at. I'm going to go travel and meet him. She came in giggling, saying, uh, he just lives about 20 minutes from us. Ken and him are now friends. See, if you've read this book or you've listened to the radio shows, then you know Ken was not a people person. Matter of fact, his team quit on him because he was a dictatorial leader. When you look at a person like Ken Dunn, who had to grow, who had to build, who had to do it, he did it great. See, I just love this. I I, I, I look at this, I scratch my head, and I say, why is it that people say they can't make it happen? Why is it that, that they quit on themselves? Why is it that they expel people from them. Because most of us never think about gravitational pull. Most of us never. My first book I ever read was How to Win Friends and Influence People. Most people never pick it up. See, in Kim's case, he knew he had to change. He had a catalyst for change. He had mentors in his life. And by studying the seven leaders and observing how charismatic they were and how skilled they were at building relationships he finally realized what an important quality that was. He finally understood, I need to love people. Tim Sanders, one of my heroes, 
was the chief solutions officer at Yahoo, wrote a book, Love is the Killer App. One of the most powerful books I've ever read. Because in there he he shares. It's about spreading the love. It's not about the money. It's not about what's in it for me. It's about connecting with people and then connecting people together. And it all comes back in the end. And it's so true. See, Ken's talking about something just exactly the same. All of a sudden, he's teaching people, and he's learning himself. The key is to connect with others. It's not about being the hot dog. It's not about being pompous. I, had a, I have a guy that, that really seems to be a very educated individual over on my blog. I mean, like, way above my pay grade. And he called me arrogant, narcissistic, ignorant, um, used all kinds of big words. It was funny. I'm, I'm being like, you know, <coughs> excuse me, Bill O'Reilly, and I'm looking them all up. And I wrote him back, and I said, dude, you got one right, ignorant. I said, I am way ignorant on a lot of things. That's why I constantly love learning. That's why I ask questions. I said, when I ask questions, it's because I don't have an answer, and I'm looking for an answer. See, I learned a long time ago it's about asking questions. I went through, I mean, he wrote a pretty long deal. I went through and I gave him all the time and energy and I wrote back to him. And you want to know what his second post said? Troy, I can be an arrogant SOB sometimes. You seem like a nice guy. See, I want to help other people. This isn't about me. We don't do these radio shows because we're making any money on it. We do these radio shows because this is huge. When we can get people's books out like Ken Dunn and others that we do these, these shows on... Do you realize what happens? We're pushing nuggets of information to you guys. I'm learning in the process just like you. We're in the same boat. We're all going in the same direction. There's some keys that Ken shares here if you want to connect with people. Number one, you have to make eye contact. Now, there's a lot of, a lot of different uh, cultures it, it, just in America. When you make eye contact with certain people, they freak out. Have you ever heard them say, man, if you're on the road, don't make eye contact with the other person because they might have road rage. Man, I make contact with everybody. It's not the eye contact. It's the demeanor that you do it with. Don't make eye contact and then stick up your middle finger. I mean, that's probably not going to go well for you. But if you make eye contact, you've made a mistake, and you say, oh, man, I am so sorry. Then you rock the house. People see that. They understand. You can't be the pompous know-it-all. you got to keep it cranking, keep it working. That's what it's about. That's how you make sure that you keep it cranking. So first thing you want to do is make eye contact and smile at people. You know, nobody goes through life not wanting a smile. Even the nastiest, snarkiest, grossest individual will get a smile. You'll get a smile from them. That's the way it always is. That's big, that's huge, that's what you want. you got to shake their hands. Now listen, you want to shake their hands firmly. One of the things that I do, I shake hands differently. And always have. If I'm shaking with a man, man, I'm going to shake his hand. Sometimes I might grab his shoulder. If it's a lady, usually I'll shake her hand and, and, and put my other hand and let her know 
hey, I want to know more about what's going on. I mean, it's an amazing doggone thing, but it's important. You don't want to go up and just grip somebody's hand, squeeze the blood out of it. You don't want to come up with some feminine handshake either. You want to, you want to shake. And listen, guys, women want you to grip their hand firmly. Don't, don't, don't think they're going to break, but don't squeeze it to death. That's important that you do this right. First handshake of all is very important. You grip that hand, you look them dead in the eye. You say, hey, this, my name is Troy Dooley. What is your name? Great. Ken, tell me a little bit more about yourself, man. Why are you at this meeting? Whatever the case is. That's what you've got to do. Because you want them to be with you. You want them to be there. This is about building relationships. Success in life, no matter what it is, is about building relationships and taking care of other people. It should never be about you, ever. It should never be, what's in this for me? What's in this for me? What's in this for me? It should never, ever, ever, ever be that way. It should be, what's in it for other people? And yeah, in, in my faith, I always go back to that. And this isn't in Ken's book. This is just me talking. Because I have to have a benchmark. I have to have something to look at. And it doesn't matter if you believe the way I believe. I have this this visual in my mind. A lot of Christians will talk to you about Jesus dying on the cross. That really doesn't do it for me. I, no, I love crosses. I, I, I wear a Celtic cross. It reminds me of a lot of things. But you want to know the visual for me. Is when, when, according to the story in the Bible, Jesus was taken to a dungeon... And he was beat beyond recognition. A crown of thorns was mockingly put on his head. I had a guy this week do a couple mocking videos of me, and I thought, this is so cool. But they mocked him as the king of the Jews. They weren't mocking him as the son of God. They were mocking him as the king of the Jews. And according to Scripture, he never uttered a word. Negative or positive, never uttered a word. And then when he did get on the cross, one of the most powerful phrases that he ever ever said was, Father, forgive them. They have no clue what they're doing. See, to me, that is just cool. And the reason it is is because everything he was doing, he was doing for other people. It doesn't matter what religion you are. It doesn't matter everything. If you look at Gandhi, if you look at Bill Gates, if you look at Steve Jobs, Warren Buffett, did these guys profit from their inventions, from their, from their success? Absolutely. But they took so many people with them. And Mother Teresa of all. Mother Teresa profited maybe more than any of us and changed more lives in such a positive way. And it's kind of humorous to me because it's like such a, a weird oxymoron type situation. But here's Ken Dunn. If you know Ken, Ken is anything but a, but a wussy guy. I mean, he is a man's man. 
A-plus personality. Women flock to him. Men flock to him. They want to be. They want. They want to listen to what he has to say. And one of the people that changes his life is Mother Teresa. Does that not show the heart of a servant leader? Does that not show the humility of an individual who says, I want to go out and help others? Ken wrote something in here. He said, I learned that it was very important to avoid interrupting people. And please remember, my exception to that rule is inspired interruption. In my life, as he's become a a mentor to me, I've seen this happen over and over and over. And i got to tell you, just like he does, if you're the type of person that interrupts others, you need to stop doing it. This is a weakness of mine. I'm working on it. It's the way that you tweak. It's the way that you turn. It's the way that you build. It's the only way to make things happen. See, failure is never in the big picture of things, ever. It's in the small details. Failure comes when we don't pay attention to the details. I just had a client of mine failed because they didn't take care of the details. Details is what it's all about. You personally, it's how you look. I'm not talking about being... Now, there's a time I was pompous. I had custom-made shirts. I had Christian Dior from my from my socks all the way up to my, my shirts. I'm not talking about that. If that wants to be you, that's fine. I, I've got a friend of mine, Travis Flaherty, constantly, man, just looking like a million bucks. That's cool if that's what you want to be. I don't have a problem with that. There's times in my life, my, my, my mentor, Richard Brooke, Troy, it's black tie affair. We're going to go to dinner. You need to, you need to wear that suit. Gosh, do I have to? I don't like that, but there's times when you have to. You want to look good. I have a uniqueness about me. People have said he's a maverick. I wear some pretty cutting-edge shirts. I'm into crosses like you wouldn't believe, so they have that. I'm into positive sayings, so I'll have some of them on my shirts. Whether it's my T-shirts or it's my regular Oxfords that I wear. If you look at some of the videos that are out there, I've got Oxford shirts that are—they come from a, a variety of places, but all of them are custom. They're unique because that's me, and that's acceptable. It may not be acceptable for you. You gotta—you gotta dress what's acceptable for you in the culture that you're in. You want to smell good. You don't want to smell like a cheap old dungy, you know, bordello. But you want to—you want to have a good just a nice aroma. I like Old Spice quite a bit, and so does so do my girls, so I wear Old Spice quite a bit. It's one of those things my dad wore many, many years ago, and you know what? It just it gives me that comfort feeling. Now I wear some other modern stuff that they've bought me too, so don't get me wrong, but you gotta, you got to smell good. You don't want to smell like an old dingy, you know, crappy place. You want to make sure that you're... The, 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 I mean, this is going to be weird, but listen... Ladies, you want to make sure that you don't have a mustache. Guys, you want to make sure there's no hair coming out your nose or your ears. I know some of you guys like to be proud of the hair on your chest. Get rid of it, okay? Ain't going to work. Isn't what it's about. Don't go down that road. Okay, that's not it at all. Clean yourself up. Look good. Ladies, listen. 
this may be a, this may seem a little crude to you, okay? But what you wear in public is your persona. You want to attract people. Don't wear your skirt so daggum tight that your panties show through it. Don't wear your blouses so doggone low that everything's popping out the top. Be professional. Act it. You're going to attract men and women to you that way. And that's the key. And that's important. It's what it's about. I used to run a nightclub. Country club, not a nightclub, but a country club. And people would get mad. The waitresses sometimes would go to my bosses and say, we think he's crude. Because I'd tell them, you're not walking on the floor if I see panty lines on your skirts. I think it's unprofessional. Ladies should know how to dress. I made my, my guys button up their shirts. It's the way it's supposed to be. If you're going to attract people to you, you better be dressing professionally, dressing the part. It's the only way that you're going to be able to create gravitational pull. And here's another thing that you've got to do. Ken talks about this. You have to constantly try to be a better person. See, the better you become, the bigger your gravitational pull is. Let me go back to one of my inspirational leaders, Jesus. Jesus, from the time he was 12 years old, had a gravitational pull. But when he was in his own hometown, he had no gravitational pull. He was just marrying Joseph's kid. He was, he was James's brother. But when he walked outside of his comfort zone and he walked into the world, the gravitational pull was what you and I need. We want people who will listen. So always always be that way. Always let your persona, let the real you show through. Dress in today's styles, not from the 70s. Okay, You don't have to drop a boatload of cash to make that happen. People laugh at me because I bet, I mean, my shirts, my T-shirts and my regular shirts probably cost more than what most people would spend on five or six T-shirts. And then I'll go to get a pair of jeans that you know end up being Levi's or Wrangler's or something because I won't spend 100 bucks on jeans. I'm just weird that way. But you got to be that way. you got to look at who you are. Slow down when you speak. Matter of fact, I could do a whole training on how to mirror the other person. Listen to how the other person speaks and then mirror. That's not rude. It's not being unprofessional. It's making sure that you connect. Listen to this. If you create a really strong gravitational pull, people will like you more. If they like you more, they will be inclined to join your business, and better yet, they will learn to trust you. But you have to apply your standards to yourself while at the same time letting everyone else be who they are. You cannot put your your standards on somebody else. You've got to let them be who they are. Now, if they're ethically challenged, you're probably going to want to move them out. You don't want them around you very long. But you want to let people know, here's what I stand for. This is this is what we really call, I'm trying to think of the political term that would be used, tolerance. So you have to learn to tolerate other people. And they're going to have to learn to tolerate you. John Maxwell says it's the 101% rule. Find the 1% that you all can agree on and give it 100% of your effort. And when you do that, the sky is the limit. Where you can go, what you would do, the way you will do it will explode. That's why I love Ken Dunn so much. I love what he's done and how he's done it. I watch him from a distance for so many years, and now that I've gotten to know him, I realize he really does walk his walk. 
tomorrow we're going to learn that once you've got that gravitational pull, here's what happens. You serve others. Chapter 11. It's going to be fun. We're going to have a blast. Folks, you've been listening to the Beachside CEO, heard around the world on the Home Business Radio Network. Live life like it's an epic adventure. Stay dangerous. Stay strong. And if you're in network marketing, act like it.